One company sent me a message that said, hey, man, we could use some peanut butter in Shenzhen. And I was wondering, like, how the hell did they know? And then I realized, oh, they read my resume. That's how they found out. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Say hello. Yeah, Miles and Maggie like my podcast. Say it again, Miles podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. Global from Asia, episode 174. And my kids are awesome. It's Saturday afternoon as I do our intro for today's interview, and they're not sleeping and they're jumping around. So I thought I would get them on our little intro here. Hope you guys enjoy it. I know some listeners have told me they like getting Miles on the show, and I think that was Maggie's first, first appearance. And uh, they're getting older. Miles will be three years old this month of May. Can't believe it. All right. Well, this week's show is a fun one. We did this one recording live at a Global From Asia meetup just a few days before the cross-border summit. We've been experimenting with doing some more engaging events and meeting listeners and friends and, and readers of the blog. So we got on this week's show, Mike McGillicuddy, and he's an awesome, fun guy that actually was our musician and at the cross-border summit this year. He sang during lunch both days. And it's also his passion is playing the guitar and singing. So it's also related to this week's show. Before we get into interview, I just want to read his testimonial. He shared on his WeChat moments after the summit. He says, what a great conference this weekend. Mike and his team had a great group of speakers, classy venue, delicious coffee bar, and a wonderful opportunity to network with successful entrepreneurs. It was an honor to play at this year's Cross-Border Summit. Thank you, Michael, for your support. And without further ado, let's get his interview. Again, please be a little bit patient with this one. We did it live at the Terrace Bar, which is one of our sponsors of the of the conference. And there was some music in the background, but I think my ATR 2100 microphones, we used two of them with a, with a professional recorder as pretty decent equipment. So I think it got out most of the background noise. I checked it over and Boban, our editor, is is amazing magician at making these things amazing. So it shouldn't be too bad, but just keep in mind this was done in front of a live audience at the Terrace Bar in Sheko Shenzhen. If you guys are interested in more events. We're working on a platform for you guys to even organize your own events in different parts of the world. That will be coming very soon. So stay tuned for that. We want to have more Global from Asia meetups in different parts of the world. There's people love the summit and other events. So we want to empower you guys to have other Global from Asia style events in your part of the world. Without further ado, here's the show and show notes as always are on the website, globalfromasia.com slash episode 174. <laughs> Okay, thank you everybody for tuning in to another Global From Asia podcast. We are here doing a live recording in the terrace uh, in Sheko Shenzhen. Yeah, awesome. There's a few wolves in the crowd. Tonight, no people, just three wolves came to yeah. We got a few few people draw people out on a Wednesday night. Thanks, Gary from Sheko Daily for coming. Appreciate it and. and some other great people for visiting. We'll get some, maybe some questions at the end too. So 
We got Michael McAwesome is what I say. McKillicuddy. McKill- Michael McGillicuddy or Michael McAwesome. McAwesome. Both okay. McAwesome is a better. Thank you. Awesome. That man. was what I put on my sports jerseys. We made our own in high school. <laughs> very yeah. cool. Very cool. So today's kind of like a story, story podcast. Uh, it's a, it's a, we've got a few good nuggets of stories here. We've got some peanut butter business and we got some talking about business business deals in China and, and, uh, and business tips. So first, maybe a little bit of your background, where you come from, what you... All right. So I grew You're up... You're American, right? Yeah. I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. And so yeah, from very get-go, I wanted to get out of the US and see the rest of the world. Imagine this. It is July 2011. I'm in the backyard of my hundred year old adobe house where my roommate and i who's covered with tattoos from head to toe more or less and looks like a skinhead and a completely ridiculous dude he and i were digging a swimming pool the uh you know in phoenix everybody has swimming pools but this one had been filled in with dirt there was no water. It was the outside of it, but completely okay. filled in with dirt. Cool. So the people that I live with, they said, oh, let's dig it out. It'll be fun. And uh, one day I came home and it like they'd started like with this little purple bucket and like a couple shovels. They were digging out a little bit and they dug for like 20 minutes and then did something else. So I'm digging the pool and my old high school friend who took me out of the country the first time. He persuaded me to go to the Middle East, to Jordan, to learn Arabic. And yeah, because I was learning Arabic at uh, ASU and the teacher put forward the study abroad trip. And I thought, that sounds really boring and expensive. I don't want to do it. But he said like, no, you got to go, man. I'm going to go. And you're the older brother too. We're both the older brothers. We got to set the example for our sisters. And it's going to be cool. And it's not too much money. You know, blah, 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 blah. And we'll stay with my cousins in Lebanon afterwards. The whole summer, it's beautiful there. And uh, like there's hot girls and and it'll be really cool. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll go. Cool. Let's do it. And so, all right. So we went to the Middle East and we had like a real wild time there. Like we had to leave Lebanon because they thought the airport was going to get closed down by Al Qaeda mm. and, uh, didn't happen. But yeah, anyway, so we went across Europe and like, sucks. Let's go home. Anyway. So he's my old travel buddy. Yeah. He comes back from South America on like a six month travel around the continent thing. And he says, Hey man, I got an idea. Let's go. You like South America, right? Yeah. Let's go to South America and let's make peanut butter, okay? Because peanuts grow in South America, but they don't eat peanut butter there. We'll make it sweet because they eat dulce de leche and Nutella all the time. I couldn't find peanut butter there. So, like, it's a market gap. It's an opportunity, man. (laughs) And I said, okay, yeah, that sounds cool. And at that time, like, I had red-pilled. They say, like, I was so, I didn't want, like, I didn't want to get a job, Mm, you know, like, like, red-pilled. Fuck the system. Like, cause you know, the Matrix, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, You can either take the blue pill or the red pill. Blue pill, you go back to sleep and pretend everything's normal. Red pill, you like wake up and see it as it is. I liked it. Yeah, man. It's cool. All right. So I had red-pilled. And at that time I was writing essays for college students because I hated ASU. Like it was shit that I'd learned in eighth grade and it was just full of like pretentious not, no, not all full of pretentious. Just I didn't like it. You know, it wasn't about learning. It was just about partying. And this is like a big bunch of little Isn't kids it, together. That's what college is supposed to be, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> but, well, yeah, part of it, I guess I, I went to like a, 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 like a smart high school and like, I'm a smart guy. So I like to be around smart people. So I came from like a place with like a lot of other smart people, like where, you know, we like f- around and have a lot of fun, but like still like, you know, want to learn. Whereas this is like the complete opposite. Like, um, I don't know. Imagine like 
if you move from business in China where like everybody's all about the business, right? And you move to like El Salvador or something where it's like, you know, we do it. We just do it later. You know, mañana, tomorrow. Okay. No offense. <laughs> and so, okay. So I just, I didn't fit in there. I didn't like it anyway. So I want to say, you know, ASU, I'm going to write essays for your college kids and get their money. Cause I'd heard another guy do that and he made a lot of money. So I said, I'll do that anyway. But that was really boring too because I was so, just writing papers. I'm trying to connect this back to peanut butter. So that's where that's where I was at the time. Writing essays, digging a pool. Okay. A little bit lost, you know? Okay. <laughs> and so my friend comes by and he says, let's make peanut butter, move to South America, make it sweet so they like it, play on the national pride because peanuts originate in South America. Okay. Mm. And we get to live in South America and do like a crazy adventure. Cool. Sounds good. Do yeah. you know how to make peanut butter? No. Do you? No. Okay. We'll figure <laughs> it out. You're <laughs> me that hard. So a month later, this is kind of a big deal. Also at the time I was reading Atlas Shrugged. Oh, yes. Yeah. One of my, my favorites too. It's my favorite book. And so at that time it was a, a big like countercultural book about like, you know, achieve, do like, do the best that you can possibly do. Like live the life you've imagined type of stuff. You know, don't settle for, you know, safe or stable, like uh, set the world on fire type of thing. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And um, I remember I skipped my friend's birthday party on a Friday night to go to the supermarket, buy bags of salted peanuts to manually open them up and then put them in a bucket. And we started to throw it in his blender and like be scientific. Like, okay, one pound of peanuts, one cup of salt, taste, mm, no good, blah, blah, blah. Okay, next, well, let's try this, let's try this. And over 15 months, we came up with a name, Peanut Butter Americano, a story, uh, like, you know, two dudes trying to bring peanuts back to South America and connected with a charity too, which, okay. you know, in the U.S. everyone's like, oh, that's so nice. And, um, and the peanut butter was so good. It was, I would say at the markets, like, hey, yo, you want to try the best peanut butter in the world? And then the grandmas would say, oh, it's the best, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and they'd come over and have, here, here you go. Oh, that's good. Oh, hey, come here, come here, come here, try this. Right? And so it took off, but it was a lot of hard work. So that's how it got started. We made the flavors classic cinnamon honey, white chocolate, and dark chocolate in his mom's kitchen. And we even got like his sister who hates peanut butter said like, this is okay (laughs) to eat it. And um, yeah, I was super excited. But like I was working really hard, like working Monday through Friday and then Saturday, Sunday, going to farmer's markets and standing up all day and giving a million people Mm -hmm. and answering the same question again and again. What makes it special? What's organic? Is it organic? you know okay and then Uh, how long were you doing that i was doing that for a year and uh you stepped out do you want to share some some something uh no because it's i don't know no no okay so then you were that was how so that was 2011 13 11 was when i got the idea 12 is when like we got everything ready like because, you know, it's not just like, oh, next day we have our peanut butter recipes. Next, you know, it, we were 24, 25 too. So we were still little kids, kind of. Okay. Yeah. So All it right. took a, a year to get ready and then a year to, to awesome. roll. And then, so now let's say, is there anything else worth mentioning between then and China? Or, or what happened before leading up to China? So I was feeling pretty down after I stepped away from the peanut butter thing. Felt like wasted my time. I'd worked, I'd worked really hard for three years and had like no money to show for it. And so I, I mean, I wasn't a failure, but at that time I thought like, oh, I didn't do it right or blah, 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 you know? And so, yeah, so I was driving myself crazy and a friend said, why don't you go teach English in Asia? I did that and it was really cool. And I said, okay, yeah, that sounds cool. 
So I was looking for Asian jobs, and most of them just sent like the stupid form letter. Do you t- did you teach English ever, Philippe? Yeah. Okay, so you know like the you know the emails that you get. Uh, every foreign, everyone did. Right, right, right. It's mandatory. They put you in a school the first day. And they don't let you out. Anyway, that's a joke. Anyway, so Brenda, like when Chinese schools back in the day would send emails, it'd be all this like weird, like all big letters, you know, and it'd be like a line of red words, a line of blue words, yellow, purple. And like to me, that looked just like a little child wrote it and sent it to me. And, you know, like there's all these like grammar mistakes and I didn't know that China, like, how different it was. So it just sounded like everybody was retarded here, you know? I mean, they're not, of course, but at the time, right? And then this one company sent me a message that said, hey, man, we could use some peanut butter in Shenzhen. And I was wondering, like, how the hell did they, like, Google ad? Like, how did they spy on my stuff? And, like, how did they know, right? And the, the, I just, then I said, like, I looked at their thing and it said, we want to be life coaches. We don't want to be just English teachers. We want to change the world. And I said, that's cool, man. I like that. And then I realized, oh, they read my resume. That's how they found out. Right. And so I committed to that school and I was so nervous, man. Even like the night that I was about to leave, I almost like, I'm going to stay, you know, even my friends like, just don't go, don't go. Like the night that we were like the opposite of what your friends are supposed to do. Right. They're supposed to encourage you, like, Why are you going to China? Why? Just stay here, dude. It's cool. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why would you go? Anyway. So, yeah. So oh, okay. I'm gonna go. So then you get on a plane and come to Shen. It's Shenzhen, right? You it's came Shenzhen, to- yeah. Yeah. So you've you've been here, mm-hmm. and uh, that was 2014. 2014 May. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, huh? It feels like yesterday. I still remember exactly where I was the first couple of days. Yeah. The, the workout that I did and the, like the people that I talked to, and I ate a first meal of like lettuce, and it looked good on the. <laughs> on the menu like the wall like oh, i want to eat that one and then it was like a chicken head and like some lettuce and some rice like oh this this, this sucks <laughs> oh yeah. well i won't eat this okay. again so there's so much of course your chi- everyone has a cool china story so then what happened was you you've had some running i mean we've we've talked a lot so you had like a lease issue with one of your roommates yeah <laughs> let's talk about that all right everybody if you want to come to china read the art of war by Sun Tzu. You know what I mean. All right. So because, uh, yeah, I remember my friend telling me like, yeah, dude, I was just like you. I thought that like everybody's so friendly here and everybody's so nice here. And there are a lot of friendly people and a lot of really nice people, but not everybody when they smile has good intentions behind that smile. <laughs> and yeah, they think like, oh, out of God, he's a lot of, we can get money from him. And um, <laughs> anyway, so... When I got there, I was just an English teacher, right? But like at the time, compared to the other teachers, like I was a cut above because I'd owned my own business before, and mm. like I understood what 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 my partner was going through, like how hard it is. Like, oh shit, this guy's working hard. You know, nobody really understands unless they've been there. You know, yeah, I've been there, right? Right? It's so easy. Yeah, you, <laughs> just you must have money. so much money. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you're the boss. And so, um, so yeah, I knew what he was doing. I, I was sympathizing with him, and he offered me like, you want to be the CFO here? Uh, I kind of want to like, you know, get my life together and like, just keep it simple and chill. But part of me wants to prove myself again, et cetera. Oh, I like, you're my friend too. I like you. I like what you're doing. All right, fine. F- yeah, I'll do it. So the school had some financial difficulties and, um, I had to give up my salary for that. Mm. And that was self, imp- it was self-imposed, but I just thought like, as a, like a virtue thing, the bot, like, you know, CFO gets paid, paid last, you know, I needed with right or wrong. That's what I chose to do. And so I don't know, bought me a good business partnership, 
with, yeah. with him. Yeah, I mean, you got a good deal. And you, I survived, too. I'm, much, I'm so much stronger, together. like, afterwards. I always tell people, I mean, whatever doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. Exactly. Even, uh, even poisonous food in China, like bad meat and stuff. <laughs> you have an iron stomach now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, the spicy hot pot. Uh, but don't you feel like if you go back to the USA, don't you feel a little bit like this is so easy? Yeah, it's yeah. totally easy now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you've been through been through quite a lot. And then the the lease, so like Sorry, there was getting, flooding or something. I'm getting to that. All right. So there's bad blood and this the, the husband and wife team, they ran it together. They were fighting all the time. And when I got put in as CFO, I took her position and which she didn't like. Of course, right? And so there was a meeting and this person didn't have the most positive, can-do, Guan optimistic attitude. It was a lot of, oh, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't, you know, just not like that. And so I was fed up with it. A lot of other people were too. And we were having a meeting about like how to, how to pay back this person or whatever. And it came to it where the person said like, I spend all my time finding ways to like, blah, 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 all day, every day. And I just like, that's such bullshit. Like nobody does that. You probably spend some time, but you're like, don't, don't lie. And I just looked at her, I was like, I don't believe you. <laughs> I do. No, you don't. You don't spend eight hours every day. Well, not that. And then so my partner fired his wife. Oh. From, like, she's like, you know what? Like, just, just like, not fired her. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. It wasn't so like, you're fired like that. It just said like, you know, we need positive people around here. It's pretty tough right now. If you can be part of the solution, you're welcome here. But if you're just going to say how things are not going to work and get in the way, you know, it's best if you just don't show up anymore. Fine. And, but, you know, that's not the story that was told by the other party. It's mm-hmm. I was kicked out. There's always and so, two yeah. sides of every story. Anyway, I was the CEO after that. And I started, like, I reread Atlas Shrugged and that, like, you know, fired me up again to, like, nice. go do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after a few months, it just seemed like it it was just, like, I don't know, a lot harder than it should have been, right? And I was just getting, like, oh, I don't know, really low energy, like everybody at the place was. And so I gave up my uh, private apartment, not just, like, single room apartment to give to an incoming teacher because he needed a place to stay and we didn't have the money to, like, rent a new place. So, all right, I'll move in with you. And then you and your wife, which was not fun. And um, husband and wife eventually split, right? And she says he got kicked out. He kicked her out. He says, no, I just asked her to take a break for a while and go live somewhere else temporarily, mm. right? And um, so anyway, she's no friend. No, no, she's got no, there's, there's some bad blood there. Anyway, so she's the person, the owner on this lease. And a couple months ago, Around Chinese New Year, there was a big storm and the house started to flood from our porch. It started to come in. So we were bailing the water out, right? And our porch had like these bars were all rusting and they were going to collapse, we thought. And that's really dangerous. And uh, so we called the landlord to come fix it. And she called the management apartment and they came and like, you know, tracked all this dirt in the house, smoking cigarettes and not the vape cigarettes that Gary has, the real deal. (laughs) And so the place was just dirty and messy. And, um, the landlord comes over to look and she comes in and goes, oh, how dang, how dang, it's so dirty here. And uh, a few days later, she said like, listen, I need you guys out by the end of this month or like, you know, in two weeks because I need to re, we were on the contract for like six months. Actually, I wasn't, you know, on the contract. It's the 
ex-wife that's on the contract mm-hmm. who's got no love for us. And so uh, we talked to her and it's like, hey, landlord's trying to kick us out. Can't do anything. Sorry. She just says, she just, yeah, you know, she just, I guess you got to move out. Right. And we were in a pretty precarious financial position at that point in time. So we're like, no. So we decided to fight back because we suspected foul play and we said, okay, landlord, we go on national Chinese TV occasionally. And we know a lot of people in radio and film and a lot of influential people around here. So if you're going to go through with this and raise the rent, you know, because we paid high rent for a while or he did for a while before I moved in. Uh, in order to secure a lower rent once the subway mm-hmm, opened, mm-hmm. right? And so, okay, now the subway's open and now it's great here. So now you're trying to kick us out like a, you know, you're just being a, mm-hmm. just a minute, you're just being trying to be a greedy ass. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. We threatened to make her famous of being the asshole landlord that kicks out foreigners who are struggling to make, you know, China a better education place. And this highlights the dangers of living in China for foreigners. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. So you're going to have big face all over Shenzhen. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. And then uh, then she backed down and said, well, you know, uh, they also said that you weren't going to be able to pay. Who said that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know who. And uh, yeah, so we're still living there today, going strong. Nice. And uh, yeah, doing our thing. Okay, cool. We cleaned it. We got an IE too. So the place is looking cleaner now <laughs> as well. Very good. Very good. Yeah. And then... So you're 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 doing you're singing you're going to be pre, uh, you know presenting at the Cross Border Summit, which is cool. Super excited for that. Yeah, and so your guitar you you're making an online guitar course for the Chinese market, mm-hmm. which I've been seeing behind the scenes of. Yep, it's uh, exciting. I'm super excited, man, because it's kind of like coming from the future when you come to China in some ways, mm. like not socially, but like you know society wise, uh, society wise, like. We've got YouTube, we've got like uh, other things they don't have in like that outburst of creativity mm-hmm. that you just can't plan. Okay. So this online teaching thing is big in the U.S. and big overseas, but not so big here. So I want to be one of those uh, first ones in. Awesome. And I think it's going to work too because yeah. I'm getting that sort of like skepticism. Like I know it works, right? Because I've tested it out and people's like, this is the best way. Like I love your videos, right? Nice. And, but when I tell other people like, yeah, I'm going to teach on how do you learn online, Mm. right? You know, like, how do you send a letter over a computer, right? If I was telling people about email, that will never work. (laughs) So yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I wish you you really luck. Thank you. And for others thinking about maybe that day before they move to China to teach English, or what do you tell them? All right, if you're coming to teach English, see, I don't, well, all right, I'm just repeating stuff that other people have told me, which is make sure you get paid. And in, uh, my friend was telling me today about like having to sort of be an ass to the mm. school, like, or else here, here was this an example, like, well, you get a hundred per hour, but because a class is only, or say like a hundred is a class, like, l- let's say that like a hundred renminbi per class, but that's really 100 per hour and mm. your classes are only 45 minutes so you get 75 oh and also there's a holiday fee like they'll just make up something like so it's really only 70 mm. for this month and unless you like say like uh no it's 100 or i quit yeah then they will usually like, oh okay and then it's no problem so i would say uh treat people as they treat you if people are good to you and honest with you be honest and good with them if they try and f- with you with them right back because they started it great great advice man so thanks how can people find you online or we can link it up that's a good question they can find me on wechat with my name michael 
McGillicuddy, uh, M-C-G-I-L-L-I-C-U-D-D-Y. And I don't have much of a Western presence anymore. I'm pretty much all China. Okay, well, we'll put that on your notes. So (laughs) thanks, buddy. Thanks for sharing. You're very welcome, Mike. My pleasure. Rock on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm looking forward to Friday. Yeah, Friday's going to be great. This summit, man. Thank you, Mike McKillicuddy, for coming on the show. Amazing last name. I usually call him Mike McAwesome. He's been on my video blog a few times. Speaking of videos, he's trying to get me on his emotional white guys in China. Actually, I think it means sensitive white guys. Uh, he, he and I are both sensitive guys with a little bit soft inside. So we, uh, he wants me to kind of get on some of his YouTube videos, but I think I'm already doing enough. I do a, at least once a week on mikesblog.com. Not sure if you guys know about that, but uh, cranking out a lot of different five-minute videos where I travel, what I'm doing, a little bit less business, more about personal stuff. Uh, if you're interested in seeing that, it's more of the personal brand. This is more of the business brand. I know it's confusing. We all do too many things, but we should all be trying to do what we like to do, right? That's That's what life's about. Life is short. I'm going to probably die pretty soon. You know, life, life, who knows, man, maybe, uh, maybe some food we're eating or some travel, you know, life is so, so delicate. So you just got to enjoy and at least work towards doing what you enjoy. Cause every day, every minute we should appreciate. And all right, I'm getting a little bit crazy here, but I love meeting you guys and I'm working on having ways for you to do more events. We have a few on globalfromasia.com slash events. And we want you guys to organize them in your part of the world. That's a pretty exciting initiative. I think after the cross-border summit, people wanted to do events in Brazil, Florida, London, Australia, different parts, San Francisco. So let's make it happen. And check it out, globalfromasia.com slash events. And we'll have a way for you guys to create an account and put your own events too. Until next week, keep on rocking. Peace. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.